out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. Hello, everybody. How you guys doing? I'm Justin. I work on staff here with Junior High. So if this is your very first time here, welcome. I'm so happy that you came and joined us today. So uh, how'd you guys do in breakout groups? Any good answers? Best meal ever? Anyone? Uh, Colton? Jack? Colton? Cotton candy? That's a great meal. Dude? The potato champion food truck in Oregon. Okay. Yeah? Just really good french fries? You know who has good french fries? Chick-fil-A has good french fries. David Neal. The ageless one, David Neal. Krabby Patty. I don't know exactly what it is. It sounds really good, though. That sounds really good. Young lady in the corner. In and out. Mm. Who loves In and Out? Raise your hand. All right. <laughs> Who loves Chick fil A? Just you know. All right. If you, this is just a vote, impromptu vote. Everyone's hands down. If you had the choice between Chick fil A or, or In and Out, okay, so this is going to be the vote. If you would prefer having In and Out, raise your hand. Okay? And if you put your hands down, if you prefer Chick fil A, raise your hand. And that's me. Really, more people for In-N-Out. That's pretty good. Okay, cool. Well, you know, this is the thing. I, uh, I And those are all really good answers. Anyone ever take food from an all-you-can-eat restaurant? Anyone ever do that? Like, they've actually done it. They've really, they really have it. You really have done it? What did you take? Just a little extra for later. you got to have a little snack later. You don't know when food's going to run out. So, I'm just kidding. So, this is the deal. Uh, I have uh, been looking over the, uh, this lesson and talking through this Dear God series. We're in uh, week number five of it. And, uh, and talking about this daily bread. And, you know, give us today our daily bread. We've been talking all about that uh, this week. I've been talking about it with other teachers and just reading what the scripture has to say about it. It's been really good. And this is the thing. Uh, it started getting me thinking. I don't know why it got me thinking. It's got me thinking about Christmas. All right. Listen, I'm a huge Christmas fan. Anyone else a big fan of Christmas in here? Okay. You know that it's only 141 days till Christmas? All right, so get your shopping started. Start making your lists. Okay, I'll be making my lists and checking it twice, just like Santa Claus. And, uh, and I'm a huge fan. Of it. Now, I get the most killer Christmas gifts, okay? I got a really killer Christmas gift this last Christmas. I really wanted a PS3, and I actually got it. So it put me in a great mood. I got this new PS3. I had some cologne and some other stuff and a ton of cash from my mom because she doesn't shop for me. She just gets me cash. It's the best. And, uh, and, but this is the thing, not a lot of people know this, so this is a little, little secret, I was actually raised Jewish my entire life, not a lot of people know, not a lot of people know that, I know, gasp, uh, so my entire life we used to celebrate Hanukkah, which Hanukkah you get eight days of gifts, all right, and I was a big fan of this, and this is the reason why, like any junior high boy, if you'd say, well, you have a choice between three gifts or eight gifts, they're going to be like, I want eight gifts, right, who would be down for eight gifts, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, of course, um, and when I actually became a Christian and made the transition, this, is the, this was the thing that was so weird. It was really hard for me because our very first Christmas, there was, there was like three or four gifts under the tree. Now, I'm not a huge gift guy. It's not like I'm all about gifts. But there's like three or four gifts. I was like, Mom, what's the deal? Like, where's like my eight gifts? Because I used to get eight gifts and I'd get gifts from all my relatives. It was awesome. And she's like, oh, like, you know, in, for Christmas, you just get like one or two or three, you know, awesome gifts. And that was a real big adjustment for me. But... This was, it was okay, because my very first Christmas, I got Super Mario Brothers 2, which that's an old school game. Now, a lot of you guys might not know who that, what that game's about. It's really, really cool. Like, they're just running across, and they're jumping. And it was, I thought that game was great. 
So I got this game, and I was playing this game. I was totally all about it. And I looked at my mom, and I said, and this is what I said. I just verbatim. I looked at her, and I gave her the gun because I just, I do that to everybody. It's weird. And I was like, Mom, thanks for being a great mom because she got me this game that I always wanted. Now, listen, this is the thing. For her, she did this not because she just wanted to get me a gift that I'd like. She actually did it because she, she loved me, and she showed her love to me in this moment by getting me this gift that I really wanted. Now, this is the thing. This is where we get confused sometimes. Sometimes we equate uh, love with gifts, okay? We equate love with what we're actually getting. Like, in order for uh, someone to love me, they, they have to give me good stuff. Or in order for, you know, God to love me, when I ask him for stuff, like, I, I sure better get it. Because if I don't get it, then what does that say about my relationship with God? What does that say about God himself? Does, does he still care about me if he's not giving us what we ask for? And, and we start to do this thing in our culture, and it happens all the time. It happens to me, okay? I'm not above this. And it happens this need-want thing. Needs and wants. And we start kind of looking at our needs and looking at our wants and then kind of meshing them both together. Like, you know, there's things we need every day. Like, we need food. Like, we need water. I mean, you could probably last without food for a couple days. We need water, okay? We need oxygen, okay? For instance, these are things we need. Things we want. I really wanted Mario Brothers too. I honestly really want a Chick-fil-A sandwich right now and some waffle cut fries. I am starving. I haven't eaten all day. So I would actually want that right now. If anyone has some in their purse or in their pocket, if you pulled it out and brought it up here to the stage, I would take a break, eat it. I would let David Neal continue teaching, and I would eat, and then I would just finish it up. I love eating food. And listen, and there's an aspect of, like, getting, like, that thing that you really, really want. And, like, there's an aspect of it that it does feel really good. Like, for instance, when I go out to eat, and I'm going to Chick-fil-A, and I'm having, like, just, like, the best Chick-fil-A sandwich. When I was teaching in Iowa last week, there, was no, there wasn't a lot of good food. So when I got back into town and I went to the mall to get lunch and I got Chick-fil-A, it was so good. It felt, like, it felt like God was just drifting down little snowflakes onto my Chick-fil-A sandwich. And it was his way of telling me, Justin, I really care about you. So I'm going to give you this awesome sandwich and these awesome fries and this awesome Chick-fil-A sauce. And I'm like, thanks, God. Thanks for being awesome. And it was just the best. It was so good. It was delicious. Now listen. We tend to do that, though, in our culture. We tend to think that what we get, the things we have, or the desires we want for things, kind of uh, uh, walk hand in hand in our relationship with God. That maybe if we don't get the things we ask for, maybe there's something wrong with our relationship with God. Like, we look to God, and we kind of say, like, what, what is your job in some ways other than to give us the things we want to know? You may sit here and be like, you, you, I don't know what you're talking about. I never do that. I never, but you know what? If God decides that he's going to send, you know, this guy dressed in red one time a year to break into my house and leaves gifts under a tree, I'm okay with that. If God decides to do that, I'm totally fine with it. And, you know, the rest of the year, like, I'll kind of just do whatever. Like, I'll, I'll have faith in God. But, but man, when, when it comes time for, for gift time or for thing or the want that I have, as long as God shows up and it just makes it all work out, I'm going to be fine with that. And we tend to do that. Now, listen, maybe you're listening and you're saying, like, this is not me at all. I don't look at God that way. I don't view him that way. And there are some of us who are like, well, well, yeah, I, I kind of look at God that way, right? I mean, he loves me. He wants me to have stuff. Uh, he wants to bless me with things. Now, we, we fall into this, this cultural thing that we have right now, like this culture where it's the needs and the wants. And we sometimes equate our wants with God and who he is. There's this, there's this passage in the Bible that talks about this actually pretty vividly. It's in Exodus chapter 16. I talked a little bit about it last week. And I'm not going to put it up on the screen. I'm just going to breeze through it real quick. Basically, there's this group of people, the Jews. 
the Israelites, who are being led out of captivity. They're in captivity in Egypt, and they're being led out. And they're just walking around, and they're in, this comes the time, this is in the scripture, so we can take that down. Uh, there comes this time where they're just starving, and they're looking for food, and they start crying out to God. God, you know, feed us. Like, it would actually be better if we would have died in Egypt, because at least there we had pots of meat to eat. Like, where are you? Like, we need to eat. We need our daily bread. We need food. Now, God listened to these grumblings instead of saying, well, you know, uh, you, you guys will figure it out. Or instead of saying, stop whining, at least you have freedom, right? I liberated you. You have freedom now. So be happy with that. He, just, he looked past all that and decided to give them food, give them their daily bread, what they needed. So he said, uh, at twilight, you will have meat to eat. And in the mornings, you will have bread. Now, and that sounds like a pretty good diet to me, like, Right out of the Bible, if I had steak every night for dinner, and I had, like, really good bread every morning, I think I'd be pretty happy. Now, that's just me, though. Bread with Chick-fil-A in it, of course. Now, now this is the thing. He, he did this, and the way he went about it is these quails would come, and they would, they would fall down, and they would eat this quail for dinner. And then in the mornings, dew would cover the ground. Everyone kind of knows what a dewy ground, like the grass. Maybe get up early in the morning and go play sports, and the ground's kind of wet. That's dew. And this dew that would be on the grass would actually harden and turn to bread. And they would go out, and God told them, as a, kind of a sign of faith, just go out and take what you need for the day. Okay, go out, get what you need, get what your family needs, get what you are hungry for, get what you'll consume that day, and, and, and you'll be good. Don't stockpile it. It was, it was a, a sign of faith that they knew that God was going to be there the next day, that these things that God was giving them, that he wasn't going to just decide to stop one day, that the, every day they could count on God, that, they, that he had them in mind and was looking out for them. Now, some people totally bought into it. And they only took what they needed. Some people did not buy into it at all. They actually started hoarding stuff and taking a ton. And they would hide it under their tents. Now what would happen was this food that they would stockpile would, would become sour and actually smell really bad. Has anyone ever pulled like a prank on someone with food, like a food-related prank? All right, what, what prank did you pull, Brooklyn? That actually is just totally disgusting. Uh, another one, my friend in the tank top. What do you, what do you got? What prank do you have? Tabasco and water and it turned clear. And they drank it. That sounds terrible. Now listen, all right, hands on. Listen, this is what happened to me. I, was, uh, I used to work at a different church. Okay, I worked at a different church. And I... Uh, went on vacation to New York, kind of like I'm doing this week. I'm going back to New York this week. And I went on vacation to New York, and while I was away, they got into my car and put cheese all over my car, my old car, not the car I have now. Cheese all over my car. So after a week of sitting in the sun, and it was when I opened that car door, it was like it was cheese like all under the seats. They put it on the dashboard in the back seat. The car smelled horrible, and that's when I decided I was going to get a brand new car because that car was the worst. I, I hopefully they trashed it, or someone's driving around with like, a cheese smelling car, which I hate cheese by the way. So I hate cheese. I, I hate cheese. I don't eat cheese at all. But so this is the thing, uh, and that was a prank, and it's really good. And it's it the same idea. See, they were collecting this stuff, and over the course of a day, it was becoming rotten, and it was smelling bad. It was horrible, okay? But it, it was a test of faith. See, God was saying to them, listen, if you trust me as your God, then I'm going to be there for you tomorrow. I'll be there for you the next day, and I'll be there for you the day after that. But these people, they, they couldn't trust. Like, they looked at God as, as, as just giving. 
and, and they were just taking. And it was like tangible things that God was giving that they were taking. And they felt if they didn't take enough, that they were going to run out. Like if they didn't take enough, they didn't want to risk that God wasn't going to be there for them. And that was the world they were living in. Now, God was very unhappy about this. And, and fast forward, we're going to fast forward a ton to when Jesus is now walking the earth. All right, he was there and he was doing miracle after miracle. Like, one of his big purposes in coming to earth was to teach us a couple things. Was to, one, show us the power of God. To, two, give us hope for heaven. Something that comes after this life we have on earth. And, and another thing is to kind of give us the example of how to be and how to live as a Christian. Like, as someone who's following God, like, what does it look like in your life if you follow God? What does it look like? How, how are you supposed to... Uh, act? How are you supposed to believe? How do you have faith? Like, what does it look like? And so God gave us the person of Jesus as kind of the example for all of these things. Now, he's doing this feeding of the 5,000. And a lot of us might know that story, okay, me included. Feeding the 5,000. There were a bunch of people there listening to Jesus teach. Uh, everyone got really hungry, and they were looking around. The disciples were looking around like, how are we going to feed these guys? What are we going to do? And there was this kid with this lunch, and he, they just took, they, they took his lunch. The kid offered up his lunch. They took it to Jesus and said, you know, we have, this is what we have. And he said, okay, like, I can work with this. And he actually multiplied all that bread and all that fish so that when they were all done eating and they went to collect the leftovers, they had, like, big, like, baskets full of leftovers. That's how much Jesus multiplied this, okay? It was a miracle. It was a huge miracle. Now, this is the thing. People were looking at that not as a miracle of how good God is. They were looking at it saying, man, God is so good. He provides all the time. And Jesus is worth following because of that. And not just about the food, okay? Look at the miracles he's doing. Look at the people he's healing. Look at how he silences the Pharisees and these false teachers. Look at the truth that he teaches. Look at how much he loves us. See, they weren't interested in those things. Like, the, a big portion of those people were actually only interested in the food. Like, only interested in daily food that Jesus provided. Like, not figurative food. I'm not talking a metaphor. I'm talking the literal bread and the literal fish that Jesus made for all of them. They were more concerned with being fed daily than they were about the reason Jesus came. The reason he was there. So we have this scripture. It picks up right after the feeding of the 5,000. I want to walk through this with you, okay? Okay, so starting in verse number 47, chapter 6 of John. This is what it says. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes uh, has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, I think this is the, I think the, the first one is the right one the first scripture. I'm sorry. It's totally my fault. I blame myself. I know. Shame on me. Shame on me. Okay. This is what it says in chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Okay. Jesus is seeing these people and he says, listen, listen, listen. 
I know that you're not coming to me because of all the miracles I'm doing. Okay? I know you're not coming to me because I'm the son of God. I know you're not coming to me because you know that God the Father sent me. I know you're not coming to me because I'm, I'm just preaching the word in a way you've never heard it before. Listen, I know you're not coming to me because I'm teaching about life change, like real eternal life change. I know you're not coming to me because of those things. I know the only reason you're coming to me is because yesterday I gave you a ton of food to eat and you're hungry again and so you're seeking me out like a magician to just do more food for you i know that's why you're looking for me and he continues do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give you for on him god the father has placed a seal of approval and he's saying he's saying listen in reference to Exodus 16, remember we just talked about Exodus 16, the food they collected, it, it spoiled, it went rotten because they didn't have faith in God that he would provide every day. He's referencing this story. Like, it would make more sense, like, like we as, like, Americans in America and in, like, a school, like, usually learn about the Revolutionary War. You guys learn about the Revolutionary War? Yeah, freedom, right? Declaration of Independence, John Hancock signed it, like, you know, taxation without representation. You guys know all about this stuff. Yeah. And sometimes we use our history to teach us lessons about the future, okay? I think everyone kind of realizes that. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's using this story from their history to teach them about something that he's doing right now. Because all these guys that are sitting there listening, they know all about what he's doing. Like, they know all about this thing that's happening. They know all about Exodus. They know all about Moses. They know all about this stuff. So he's using their history to teach him. He goes on and says this. Uh, they ask him this. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Because they're not interested in following God. They're actually, they're more worn out hearing about Jesus telling him uh, these new truths. They're more interested in the food and the bread and what God can do for them. So he asked them, what do we have to do to do the works you're doing? Like, we want to make food out of thin air. We want to do this miracle. So what are you doing? What can we do for God so that we can do what you have done? And Jesus says, he answers them and says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Jesus is saying, you have to believe in me. Listen, there's no magic solution to what you're asking. Like, you're asking me to provide you a way to give you food for the here and the now. I'm not interested in the here and the now. I'm interested in eternal things. Like, my view isn't for the next week of food and what's in your refrigerator and the things that I can give you that you can have in your, your, uh, your drawers at home and what you can decorate your room with or what he can wrap uh, in a box and give to you. My view is so far past that. My view is for eternal things, the eternal things of God. And, and I know what you're asking me, but the answer is simple. Believe in me. See, Jesus continues in this uh, at the very end of chapter 6. This is what it says. It says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12, so his 12 disciples. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. See, they're hearing this. 
And they're coming to him wanting the, the temporal needs to be filled. They want to eat it. There's nothing wrong with eating lunch and dinner. I eat lunch and dinner every day. Obviously, you can see that, okay? I eat, like, all the time. I'm going to go to the fair in a little bit. I'm going to eat tons of food. Most of it will be deep fried. Hopefully, it's all wrapped in bacon. It's totally disgusting. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. People are coming to Jesus saying, I want you to fulfill my current need now, and it's food. And Jesus is saying, it's not about the food. It's not about, it's about eternal things. Like, it's about not the now, but it's about the future. It's about what I'm doing. It's about me being the bread. See, they had a hard time with this. For them, this was a very difficult teaching, okay? Very difficult teaching. Because what Jesus was saying was, it's not about the temporal needs you may have, but it's instead about believing in me as the bread of life. Me. I'm going to offer my body for you, and that's what he did. He gave up his body. He sacrificed himself to die on a cross for you and for me because he knew that there were more important things than just the here and the now. He knew that each one of us would be separated from him and are separated from him by sin. And he knew that fulfilling these temporal needs, it's not solving anything. It's not the solution. His solution was to sacrifice his body and sacrifice his blood for us. And, and that's why we do communion. Now, we're, we're, we're about to partake in communion as a group. Okay? We're about to do it together. Now listen, listen. Some of us have never taken communion before. Okay? Some of us have never uh, done it as a group. Some of us don't even know what communion's about. Some of us uh, uh, wonder and maybe have more questions than answers about it. But I, I want to just fill in a couple things about communion. Jesus said that the daily bread that I'm going to give you isn't a physical bread, but it's a piece of me so that you can have eternal life. That my concern is for the future, not for the here and now. So if you're a believer in Jesus, if you know who he is as your Savior and your Lord and your King, then communion is for you. Now, for those of us who don't know who Jesus is in that way, like, for those of us who look to him, kind of like the disciples and some of his followers were looking at him, like, like, God, I want stuff. Like, I want you to fulfill things for me. Like, I don't know about this whole, you know, difficult teaching. I don't know about this whole, uh, you know, you are, we just believe in you and you're the eternal bread and the eternal. If that's you and you're thinking to yourself, if this is true, if what Justin is saying is true, and if what the Bible says is true, that Jesus had a plan bigger than my needs today, that he was thinking toward the future, and maybe I want to be part of that. I want to be part of what God is doing. I want, when I pray, our Father in heaven, to know that he really is my Father and he's listening. And when I say, uh, you know, hallowed be your name, that, that I really am making holy his name and making it separate. And when I say, give us today our daily bread, maybe you want to sit there and say, like, I really know that he's giving a part of himself to me. Not physical things, not, not actual bread, but a part of who Jesus is. I'm going to give you the opportunity for that today. 
on the screen, we're going to be playing some, some things that you guys and other junior hires from other services nailed and tacked to the cross last week. And, and we're going to have them playing, and you can identify with some of them. I know that. So during this time of communion, we're going to have it going. And if you've never done communion before, all you have to do, there's nothing supernatural about the items that are up here. It represents who Jesus was, okay? So you just come up and rip off a little piece of bread, doesn't have to be big, very small, and dip it in the cup. And you can, you can take it here, you can go back to your seats and do it. And if you fall into that second group, the group who maybe you don't know who Jesus is, but you've always wanted the opportunity to, I'm going to give you that opportunity now. We're going to pray, and I'm going to invite those of you who don't know who Jesus is to enter into a relationship with him so that you know that he is there for you and that, so that you know that there's a God who loves you and wants to be a part of what you're doing. And then we're going to welcome everyone up for communion that falls into those categories of knowing Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time today or you've known him since you were a kid. And this is just another time to remember the sacrifice he made. So let me pray. Everyone's head bowed, everyone's eyes closed. Because no one needs to be looking around. And I'm looking from the stage, so I'm going to know if you're doing whatever. And I just want to pray. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. And thank you for being a father that loves us. And for those of us who don't know who you are as a savior... If we want to, if we desire to believe in you, let today be the first day of that relationship with you. Let today be the first moment that we uh, separate ourselves uh, from the world and say that we will follow you and believe in you, not for what you can do for us, but, but just because you were sent by the Father to save us. Lord, we thank you for welcoming us into your family. We pray this in your name. Amen. Now listen, heads down, heads down, eyes closed. Listen, if that was you right now, if that was you and you just prayed for the first time to accept Christ into your life, to be a part of that, just put your hand up. No one's looking around. No one's judging. No one's quite, we're not going to put you on stage. But if that was you, just throw your hand up in the air real quick so, so me and some of the other leaders can see so we can encourage you later. And I'm going to pray again, and it's just for, for communion that we're going to take together. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for communion. Thank you for moments like this that we can see you and take part in what you're doing. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us. Thank you for allowing us to be able to do this in this community. Pray this in your name. Amen. Now listen. This is open for you to come and to be a part of it. So I'm going to take a couple minutes, and I'm going to let Justin play. We're going to have slides running on the screen. And come up as you feel led. Just rip off a piece and dip it in the cup. And we're going to go like this for just a couple minutes. And you guys are welcome to come up.
I love moments like this that we can do stuff in community, do stuff like communion and pray and just see things that other junior hires, some of which came from you guys, wrote and are feeling and are thinking. So thank you all for coming today. And I hope, I hope that you learned something a little different about who Jesus was and what it means to have daily bread from him. I'm going to see you guys uh, in two weeks. I look forward to it. Have a great week. Have a great uh, afternoon. See you guys later.